Hey, welcome into Pastor Doug Talks About. I am Garrett, and I am here with Pastor Doug, the one and only. Welcome back to your own show. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. I feel like a guest. Yeah, it was a pleasure to uh, have others on here. Pleasure to have me not here. Yeah, but you know, we'll make do with what we have today. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for lending us your insight, because actually today we're going to be diving into a bit of a different world, a different topic than what we've done before. We're actually be diving into some pop culture stuff. And by pop culture stuff, I really just mean popular culture. What is going on in pretty much everyone's world who might be listening to this right now? Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. Not Taylor Swift. Oh, that's okay. There's enough of that going around. That's so. all I know about pop culture. Yeah, I don't well, know. That I guess else. it's going to be a very short podcast. <laughs> Being a sports fan, I know Taylor Swift, but that's yeah. all I know. Yeah. Um, well, let's dive into some things, speaking of Taylor Swift, that everyone knows about. The Super Bowl, that was this week. That was a lot of fun, unless you're a Niners fan. Um, I'm not a Niners fan. I'm a but Rams fan. But you're married to a Niners fan. I'm still a Rams fan, It's though. even more fun when you're married it to is, a Niners well, fan. I felt a little bad. but it, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't that bad, to be honest. But um, what I will say is that, you know, the, the Super Bowl is... The Super Bowl of sporting events in America, right? That's profound. So pretty much if you have a television or know someone with a television, there's a good chance you saw at least some of it. Um, And I just, you know, one of the the most popular conversations when the Super Bowl comes out is, hey, did you like all the Super Bowl commercials? We're not going to go through all the Super Bowl commercials. You can go to any other venue to rank the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, We were just talking about them. We didn't have very strong opinions about them, to be honest. But one of the popular things that I saw was there was a lot of commercials about different religious things. So there are some Scientology commercials. There are some Christianity commercials. There are some uh, Catholicism commercials bunch of different stuff like that um and i was just curious as a pastor like what were your initial thoughts with that kind of stuff yeah i noticed i want to say i saw at least a half a dozen commercials that were of a religious nature and that that's a pretty interesting a way to approach things right Uh, there's that whole situation where they're talking about uh you know how jesus cares how he gets us and uh, there was that whole set of commercials. Then there was a, a commercial with a couple of guys that were talking about Lent and starting a prayer for Lent. And then there was uh, some Scientology commercials. So, you know, you had mainstream Christian uh, views. You had a Catholic, Catholic views. And then you had uh, the views of a cult, which is Scientology. It was interesting to me that there seemed to be this same idea running through all of them which is hey you may already think you know about this but give it a try and i think the scientology commercials especially were like that because people have strong opinions and say well this is a cult and they're saying well you you don't know that for yourself well and to be fair scientology a lot of the strategy behind that is hey the more you're involved the more you get to know right so they're kind of introducing that concept to you just with that yeah, they, commercial. Yeah, they, they need a hook, and then they just keep reeling mm-hmm. people in. But at any rate, I, I think it was interesting to me because they were all evangelistic in their own way and and trying to get people drawn into a religious point of view or religious opinion or connection. And 
the thing that I thought about that, I thought the the commercials about he gets us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that I've seen from that organization all along, including the ones I saw this past Sunday, uh, some of them are controversial in the sense that they're coming from one angle or another. But that's not the thing that had me the most interested. The thing that had me the most interested was the fact that it costs $7 million to to get a 30-second Super Bowl commercial. So somebody has decided that a great way to draw people into Christianity is through commercials. And if it's not commercials, I see a lot of billboards. And if not that, you see even uh, bus stop benches and and, uh, tracks that people leave. There's a lot of ways that people are trying to spread the gospel, so to speak. And yet the, the way that we were sort of told to spread the gospel is the way that most of us don't like to do it. Yeah. And that is through relationships. Yeah. And it's not to say that even a commercial is a bad thing, right? Exactly. Because frankly, you know, I run the marketing at our church and one of the things that I am in charge of is marketing in a sense, right? It's advertising what we have going on, letting people know, hey, we'd love to have you here. Hey, this is what's going on. Um, Making it engaging and something that could be desirable so that more people, we can reach more people. And that's obviously, I believe that is a good thing. That's a great way to minister. Um, but yeah, I, one of the things that I have noticed, you know, and I was at a Super Bowl party where I don't know if there was many believers um, at all involved at the party. Um, and the response to that, the commercials were, that was weird. Uh, it was not necessarily a, oh, wow, that Jesus guy, he's really cool. I think for the most part, we were talking about this a little bit, but for the most part, People that nowadays don't really have much of a problem with Jesus, whether they think he's a person or a concept. Most people say, yeah, Jesus, thumbs up. I like like Jesus. Don't really like what the religion aspect is selling. So I did think it was interesting how their, their strategy has been very much like, hey, let's make sure people know Jesus was loving. Jesus cared about people, still does. Obviously, all great stuff. I agree with that. But I... Um, from a Christian perspective, I watched the commercials and wasn't exactly blown away by anything there. Um, and from the non-Christians who I spoke to or I was with, they also didn't seem like they came away positively from it. So I just know it's been a bit of a divisive concept for people after after watching the Super Bowl. It doesn't seem like it necessarily had a lot of positives to it, but, you know... It's it, like you said, the the bigger thing is really the relational aspect. That's how we're told to spread the gospel. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting to talk about from a just a Christian perspective, from the pastor's perspective, like what you really thought. Was it worth it? Was it not? Hey, was somewhere in the middle there? Well, and to be fair, the gospel is divisive. So the fact that it people had strong opinions one way or another about a given commercial doesn't necessarily mean anything to me uh the truth is i would expect the gospel to be divisive Mm -hmm. but so i'm not against commercials i'm not against billboards i'm not against tracks i'm not against any of those things the lord has used all of those things to reach people but what jesus told us to do as followers of christ is to make disciples and while that might be a good way to get people maybe thinking about Christianity or something like that. 
discipleship happens through relationships. So I think that's really the biggest issue is that I want to see Christians not waiting for their favorite commercial to come on so that people will hear the gospel. I want to see Christians actually building relationships with people who don't know Jesus and letting people see what Christ really is all about by seeing us. And and it is a little sad to me, to be honest, to think that it feels necessary to have a whole set of advertising that is designed to say, oh, don't worry, Jesus is not as hateful as his followers are. Yeah, And, and that's the thing that is off-putting to me because we could sit and judge whether the commercial is a good commercial or not, but I'm really more interested in looking in the mirror as the church and going, why is Jesus, why is the rep- reputation of Christianity what it is in our culture when all of us are representatives of Christ. What does that say about how we're doing representing Christ? And I'm not here to bash anybody. I'm just yeah. saying that's what we're called to do. And I want us to build relationships with people that will lead to people wanting to know more about Christ because they see him in our lives. Now, don't let me take that too far to imply we should never talk about the gospel. Mm-hmm. We also need to talk about the gospel. Yeah, and and don't people have much more a listening ear when they know that you care? Yeah. And and when they've watched that there's an authenticity to your faith and when they see that you have peace in all circumstances, those are the kind of things that draw people to go, well, there must be something to the claims of Christ. Yeah. So, I think probably God is using these commercials in various ways to, if nothing else, start conversations. Or maybe somebody says, you know what, maybe it's time for me to go back to church or whatever. But I think that's going to be a very, very small drop in the bucket for world evangelism compared to if we as Christians just took seriously the idea that we should build relationships with people who don't know Jesus and we should live out our faith before their eyes, and we should tell them what it is that's different about us. Yeah, I think the thing is, it would be a mistake for us as believers to think, well, this was either a successful commercial or not, based off if people were then inspired to go to church because of it, right? If anything, let it be a successful commercial for you by having a conversation with someone starting starting off hey what'd you think about that i thought it was a little silly or yeah i thought it was cool because jesus really is like this or you know and then go from there with that relationship right but it would be a mistake to just be like well that was a swing and a miss and uh, it's, a, it's a win or a loss for christians because of it just like it was a mistake for me earlier to say i think i said cumulate instead of culminate but you know that hasn't been on my mind since i said it so you know. i'm glad everyone yeah. seems to have forgotten about it uh, one more example of this I, before we move on, perhaps, but uh, I want to say 20 years ago or so, the number one show on television was a TV show called Touched by an Angel. And it was about these angels that get involved in our lives and such. And it was on every Sunday night and it had a massive viewing audience every Sunday night. And the interesting thing to me was that a lot of Christians were extremely negative about this show because it did not explicitly use the name Jesus. Instead, it talked about God. And because I didn't explicitly explain the gospel and invite people to accept Christ. And my thought about it was, what 
a waste for us as the church not to take advantage of the fact that right there in popular culture, there is a starting point for us to talk about the gospel. So people on Monday mornings are gathering around the water cooler in their office. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I watched Touch by an Angel. Really? What do you think about that? Would have been an awesome opportunity for Christians to start conversations that might lead to explaining the gospel, but too many of the Christians I knew were just busy bashing the show because yeah. it didn't explain the well, gospel. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I do want to make clear, too, is like that's I asked you these questions not just to get my opinion out about, ah, I think those commercials were kind of weird or whatever, because the truth is, just like you were alluding to earlier and what you were just saying, too, uh, Jesus said, we will be known by our love for one for for one another. Uh, I mumbled through that, but I, you know what I mean, right? And so I don't want to just be on the side of oh well, our strategy is better, that strategy is worse. You know, like you're saying, this is not. Hopefully, that those commercials don't just bring us to those conversations, and I feel like they do a lot of times. But yeah, it, it is cool to see. You know, Jesus being a topic of conversation in pop culture, and we see that a lot with different celebrities who may attach their name to Jesus for some time or whatnot. And then oftentimes we see the the, the sin-filled touch that that has, and we, we get ashamed and we're like, oh man, Jesus shouldn't be attached to that person, and they're claiming Jesus and it makes us feel bad. And so we kind of just separate Jesus from pop culture at times and and it is nice to see people paying attention and, and having these conversations hopefully um, but just let that be a wake-up call to some of us to have those conversations with people not abrasively so necessarily or anything but just talk to people you know share your share your views share who jesus is to people because this kind of thing hopefully opens up those conversations yeah i i just think that the vast majority of truly helping people come to know Jesus happens through relationships. Yeah. Whether somebody goes to the Harvest Crusade and hears the gospel and responds there, why are they at the Harvest Crusade? They're there because a Christian friend built a relationship with them and invited them to the Harvest Crusade. Or you go to some church on a Sunday morning and you hear the gospel and you respond and you feel drawn in. Why? Most people visit a church because a friend invited them because they built a relationship with them. And I I think there's a balance here. Uh, the scripture is very clear that we need to be careful about uh, who are our closest friends and what is their influence on us. But Jesus says we're supposed to be salt and light. And the example that he sets for us is that he goes to where people are who don't know him. Yeah. And he introduces himself to them through love and grace and a challenging message of truth. We don't have to choose one or the other, but in the context of a relationship, we should be able to graciously share truth and show grace to people that we don't judge them, we love them, but we share something that is going to be life-changing for them about a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to see more of us as Christians take that approach. And so, Hey, all the commercials, I'm all for it. I, I'm not a big fan of the Scientology commercials, but uh, but all the Christian commercials, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I think we need to use great wisdom in choosing what we depict in those commercials. But if nothing else, let us remember that it, it's, commercials are not going to take care of making disciples of all nations. 
You know, in the same vein, there is other things going on in pop culture that seems to polarize us believers and non-believers alike. And one of those things, which I'm curious to hear a little bit more about on your perspective, too, is the Oscars. I think those are coming up this week or next. It's sometime very soon. But, you know, the Oscars, we celebrate the best films of the year and all that stuff. Um, So I happen to know you you enjoy film just like i do very much yeah so there's a lot of i think um different thoughts about how christians should view uh films let's say literally what they should view what they shouldn't view all that stuff there's some great thoughts out there i think in in a lot of ways about this stuff and you know i was raised in your household so there was rules under as I was growing up for me, what I could and couldn't watch at times and all that stuff. So, um, as a Christian, whether you want to think of this as a parent, as a pastor, as just a person who can likes to consume media, um, what are some of the ways that you view viewing films? Yeah, that's a great topic. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, you were speaking about the Oscars and the first thought I had was, I wonder what would happen to, our listenership to this podcast, if I just slap you across the face every week as part of our show, I was thinking that might be a good idea. You know, we could bring Jordan in here and try that out. Oh, that's not a bad yeah. idea either. Yeah. I'm <laughs> more open to that. He's way idea. bigger than me, though. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, it's interesting because uh, if everyone doesn't know this, I'm a huge fan of film. I love movies. I always have. And uh, I see a lot of movies. Um but I, I just went online and checked uh, which movies are nominated for Academy Awards for Best Picture. There are 10 nominees this year, yeah. and I have seen one of those movies. Was that Oppenheimer? That was Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the winner, too. So It might be. It might be. projected it's to be. It's pretty tough for me to give an opinion when I haven't seen the yeah. other nine. I don't know. But uh, so... That's an interesting point. I'm a guy who loves film. And by the way, through the generosity of a friend who works in the theater industry, both you and I get to see movies for free, Mm -hmm. which is a really amazing thing. So I'm a guy who loves film and gets to see movies for free. And yet I haven't seen nine out of the 10 nominees this year. Yeah. And those are for different reasons. They're not all because just time. Yeah. yeah, Some of them are out right now and all that. But, um, So I try to be as discriminating as I can about what movies I see. I think that we do have a responsibility to the Lord as Christians that we would say we're supposed to guard what goes into our minds. We're supposed to guard what comes into our eyes. We're supposed to guard what we let our minds dwell on. In the book of Philippians, it talks about we're supposed to let our minds dwell on things that are true and good and pure. And there's a whole lot of stuff in popular culture that doesn't fit that category. So although we have to interact with those things and we don't always have a choice about them, we do have a choice about what our minds dwell on. So that's always been one of the reasons that I try to choose movies carefully. If I'm aware that a movie is anti-Christ, if I'm aware that a movie is uh, very uh, sexual in nature, if I'm aware that a movie is just uh, not a fit with my values as a Christian, I will go ahead and skip that movie, even though people say over and over, oh, it's the greatest movie, it's the greatest movie. I also think that that is a matter of personal conviction. 
And and there's probably movies that I've seen that people would go, man, I thought you were a Christian. Why would you see that movie? And there are probably movies that I haven't seen that other people will go, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Why would you mm-hmm. not see it? I think we really do have to be prayerful even about what we consume in popular culture. And that can be the music that you listen to. It can be the television that you watch. It could be what you do online. It can be movies. It can be all of that kind of stuff. We do need to be discriminating about that because uh, we've been bought with a price. We're not our own. We belong to Jesus and our minds are supposed to be the mind of Christ. So we want to protect our minds. And I think that uh, that doesn't mean that we can't interact with pop culture. So one of the things I've seen in in, uh, my love for movies is that so often, intentionally or unintentionally, movies that are popular they really tell a gospel-like story mm-hmm. where there is somebody who is who is desperately in need and there is a savior who comes and rescues them at great cost to him or herself and and there's this sort of picture of the gospel that comes around in in movies and books and and things like that what are some examples that you could just think of off the top of your head uh, top of my head, uh, the my favorite example of this that everyone has seen is the movie Snow White. Snow White, you look at this and you go, oh, it's just a children's movie. Okay, it is a children's movie about a person who through a curse falls into a death-like state. And that comes because they ate a fruit that they were not supposed to eat, that they were tempted by a tempter to eat. And then they fall into this state of like a comatose state or a death-like state only for true love to come in the form of a prince. And the love of that prince is what delivers this person and gives them life. Yeah. That is the story of the gospel. And, and I think that that one is intentional, but Mm -hmm. But there are many examples like that that I think are unintentional. I think it's the story that our hearts were made to resonate with. Mm -hmm. And because God created us and designed us, he's given us a hunger in our hearts for the gospel, that God-shaped void that people talk about. And really, so many movies that do so well. I mean, whether it's uh, Schindler's List, or whether it's Rocky, or whether it's Snow White, or uh, a lot of these um, sports movies that, that there's a come from behind hero, that kind of thing. A lot of these movies have the gospel woven into them and if they don't have the gospel woven into them they have opportunities to start conversations about the gospel yeah and it's cool to be able to enjoy those right it just i mean it is a bit of apples and oranges I, I will admit but it is the way that jesus presented a lot of the truths that we have from the bible was through storytelling and um he did that in a way because he knew that was a way a lot of people could understand what he the hard things he was trying to say. Um, now, I don't think every movie uh, director and writer out there has the same intentions that Jesus had. And um, I also think it's okay, personally, that not every movie is straight scripture and some of it is art in a fun way of expressing and something that God gave us the ability to do. And that can be beautiful, too. Um, but... It is cool to be able to 
enjoy a story and connect with something in a different way. So that's one of the reasons I really like film. I, I really also enjoy going to the movies and watching different stuff. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's so funny cause I would have never said this 10 years ago, but now I go to the movies all the time by myself because usually it's on my off day and my wife's working. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go to the movie and watch something and sit back and enjoy. So I was able to see a couple of the, the films that were nominated this year and um like i said i think oppenheimer is probably gonna win um and since you really have no opinion on this because you've only seen oppenheimer i won't ask you what you think is gonna win but i will ask you just something for fun what are some of your let's say a top three favorite films of all time boy every time i come across a question like that i, I know I, it could change day to yeah, day but what's today's the, answer i always say that my favorite movie of all time is a princess bride mm-hmm. and uh the and you can granted it's a silly movie it's a goofy movie if you have not seen the princess bride you have robbed yourself of something glorious so i encourage you as a listener go see the princess bride or or download it or something or just come to my house and my yeah. family can quote the whole thing for you because it's so funny because so i times. love the princess bride too but i have found through my years of this conversation that there are princess bride haters out yeah there. there are a lot of lovers i'd say more lovers than not but there are some haters there are certain kind of movies you either get or you don't yeah. get and and another movie like that is not probably in my top five at all but a, a movie i love is uh monty python on the quest for the holy grail yeah it's another example of a movie that you either get it or you don't get it and people either roll their eyes and shake their head or laugh until their sides hurt yep. so you know some of us are just wired a little goofy and yep. i'm one of those people so same here <laughs> so i but princess bride makes my top list somewhere and then I think for me, um, uh, some of the movies that I just think are great filmmaking achievements, I think The Godfather is a great filmmaking achievement. I think that Saving Private Ryan. That, is Godfather well, actually, one or two better in your Actually, I, I, I would say I like Godfather 1 more than Godfather 2, but Godfather 1 and 2 are both truly great films yeah. in my mind. Godfather 3, you could just yeah. keep. But Godfather 1 and 2 are both really good now. Let me just say, if you haven't seen this and you're like, oh, my pastor said I should watch it. There's a lot of killing and there's a lot of gore. Yeah. It's a mafia movie. So again, and if that's, yeah, that's not for you. I get that. Um, but in terms of being a great film, I think it's a great film. I would say the same about Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan is very difficult to watch, uh, but it is an honest depiction of what the um, invasion of Normandy was like. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a truly great film. And, you know, another film that I like a lot is Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, well, and you're definitely not alone in that. I think that's probably one of the movies of most people's, like, top five. Yeah. But again, there's some haters out there for that movie, too. I think it's just one of those things. These movies that are so lovable and that people just are diehard for, that just naturally comes with the haters, right? You know? People, yeah, they're, yeah, they're divisive. Some people get things and some people don't. Yeah, and that's okay. That's one of the cool things. These films are subjective. You know, that's why it's it's kind of funny seeing these award shows. Um Ultimately, it's art. It's subjective in so many ways. Very now, there's much some so. objective, like that was well made, or that you know the the sound. But still, but, it's yeah, pretty even much all that, subjective. It's art. Yeah, it, art is subjective. And and by the way, not to over spiritualize everything, but the truth of the matter is, I believe God created us to desire beauty, and and art 
is a way to say, let me give you something beautiful. So whether it's a it's a painting of a flower or whether it's a well-made film or whether it's a beautiful song or whatever the case might be, there's something that that sort of gets to our heart about art. Yeah. And I think that uh, for the longest time in world history, the church led the way in art. And some for some reason in the last 100 years, 50 years maybe, uh, the church has basically turned its back on art and said that because there's so much secular stuff going on in the art world that we're against it. I think it's time for Christian artists to pick up the ball again. Musicians uh, should be writing great music. And and there are there's a lot of Christian musicians who are who are writing just uh, not great music. Mu- music subjectively. That, yeah. And and but there, but the idea that we would actually think I want to write something great. Yeah, I want to write something beautiful, poetry, uh, novels, um, a painting, all of that stuff, sculpture. The church used to lead the way. If you go to Europe, you say, I want to see the art. What are you going to look at? You're going to look at cathedrals and sculptures of biblical figures and and the Sistine Chapel and, and all of that kind of stuff. The Christian church used to lead the way in art, but somehow there's been this shift in the mind of especially conservative Christians in the last 50 years that says, that's uh, that's not for us, that's mm-hmm. worldly. And I think that's a big mistake. I think that the church ought to be the place where the great yeah, art is coming just, from. We need better Christian films. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. Don't get me wrong. But we also just need good films made by Christians with the mindset of someone who's a believer. Like you said, it, it could be the Snow Whites or the whatever. Um, but things that are not just either good or they're Christian, because that's where we kind of find a lot of things, unfortunately. So I agree with you, and I will um, leave everyone with my top three, because I know you were asking. So you were I, I literally ask, was sure. going to ask okay, that well, question. So, <laughs> since uh, you couldn't wait to be asked, yeah, go ahead yeah, and answer. Thank you. Uh, no, actually, you mentioned a lot that were probably up there, like Monty Python or Princess Bride could be in contention for number one any day. But two way more recent ones that I have just fallen in love with and I try and show to everybody I know. One is, and these are both rated R, so again, use your discretion. They're not for everybody, but um, I just really loved them. One was the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, which a lot of people have seen. It won Best Picture, I think, last year. So this is a pretty well-renowned film at this point. It's very creative. It's very silly. It's very fun. I was a big fan. And then the other is RRR, which is a Bollywood film that is on Netflix that is the epitome of entertainment. It's like if, you know, Sylvester Stallone and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger got together in the prime of their career and made epic films together not just when they're like 65 and uh, broke into dance and yeah, costume and all of that it is amazing i show it to everyone i know and some people just do not like it and other people it's also become one of their favorite films so those are two that i just am in love with and me and my wife will just throw on any time of the day we'll always want to show people so those are a lot of fun so if you haven't seen those 
I I encourage you to talk to me about it, and then maybe you, we can have a nice dinner and watch those together. But those are always fun. Um, and honestly, I will say too that I really don't care about the Oscars very much. So you know, it's just uh, I thought it would be something interesting to talk about. It's cool to to not just talk about specifically the ins and outs of maybe. Um, every sermon and everything like that sometimes in this kind of format but it is cool to just see hey what do you think as a pastor on these topics that we deal with every single day not that your sermons aren't that but these are a little more specific keep examples. digging you're doing yeah, fine I'm, I'm getting there eventually um but thank you pastor doug for sharing your opinions on the pop culture of today um, I think maybe next week we'll just do a deeper dive into Taylor Swift or maybe even we'll do a full like live stream version online and you can give us like your breakdown of Usher's halftime show, like your version of it. I think that would we could bring in some donations. I was blown away because I thought when I saw Usher's halftime show, I thought I have that outfit. And yeah. that was that was surprising. To I me. know that's I, th- I thought you wore that recently. So, yeah, yeah you have I, to pull that out <laughs> next, next Sunday, but maybe just keep the shirt on. I think that would be a better solution for everybody <laughs> i think everyone's gonna agree yeah. with that well on that note i'm gonna leave you guys with that and just remind you of the thing i say every week as i sign off go hug someone today if it's your mailman maybe not them but someone else that, that you love would be a good one we'll see you next time